Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C, Statify Brewhead. And I am Tiffany, Liquid Enthusiast. And welcome to episode 15 of Beer Nuts Podcast Link Up Series. We are now just past the halfway mark of series three. Remember you the first the three? Vibes. You, you know vibes. the vibes. Okay, we started off, no, five bounce was second. Five bounce was second. Okay. First one. We started off with. Yeah, I actually can't see There's it. There's so many of yeah. them. Okay, hold on. Oh, there it is. So five bounce was second. Was what was the, the first beer? beer? The red beer. Quebec City. Oh, BG. There you go. So we started off with BG, then we did Fine Balance, then third up were the people we met last week. Yes. So, you know, we're just doing so many things. I'm like, who were we sitting down with last <laughs> week? Oh my gosh, Bellwoods. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bell that was great. Bellwoods chat was so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and then today we we're sitting down with the family. Yes. You know, um, he is making his 78th appearance. On, on, the the, on the pod, like honestly. Yeah, he was it's one beautiful. of the first breweries. He was the actually. first one of the first reoccurring guests. No, I think. And he, was he is brewery. one of the breweries that launched our video, the whole reason we were doing video. Yeah. Um, on my shaky Blair Witch my style. Blair Witch style uh, video, fifty minute like podcast recorded video from back in the day. Thinking. It was beautiful. It was um, so we have come a long time <laughs> as friends. We have a gorgeous thing. So we're, we're super stoked to uh, to have these guys involved in this, and we're going to get into why it was so important. Is we're at the top of our list when we made the list when we started. Scarborough represent uh, exactly all day, uh, but to get uh, <laughs> to get these guys involved is uh, I think is really important. So please welcome Shahan De Silva of Lustcraft. Hey, you know the vibe. Hey, uh, <laughs> was good. Was good, son. Oh, uh, hello. Man's good. How's it going? Oh great! Yeah, nice, nice great. to nice to be on with you. So I don't think I was on. Oh, I've never been on with you. No, we should have before. Oh, oh yeah, yeah that's time. true. Nice to be on with you. You know, finally, it's about time. It's like the you know. It's, it's a celebration. It's, it's a celebration. It's a celebration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn right it is. First of all, thank you for hanging out, bro. This is uh you know always fun to hang out, but it's extra cool to have you as well involved in Link Up. Uh, like right, I told you about this last year when we were starting out. And uh, definitely want to get involved, so I'm glad that we did this round. This has been a pretty serious series. So uh, I want to talk about, we're going to get right into the beer as well. And this is the first um, bottle that we've ever had on Link Up, which is super cool. Look at this super sick label. Look at that. I love what you guys did with this, bro. Um, we're going to pop this open, but do you want to uh, tell us about the beer itself? Yeah, so this is our uh, dry hop sour uh, brewed with uh, from by our um, amazing head brewer, Kevin St. John. Um, slightly tart, light body, crisp finish, like juicy tropical hop notes with stone fruit um, and ripe honeydew melon. Uh, produced in collaboration, obviously, with you guys. Um, and uh, we were super stoked to, to do it. Um, as you can see, I'm loving the – like we're, we've kind of flipped from a bit of the minimalistic – uh, lighter, lighter designs into like yes. a more bright, colorful, vibrant kind of look. So excited, excited for that as well. And and then yeah, I just got to be unique with the stubby bottle. Um, I love that. You know those those the, those big bottles just are too. The, the beer's warm by the time you're done. Yeah. Uh, this is like you know nice summertime drinker. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, what's the size on these bottles? Does it say? 
It does say three fifty. Oh, three fifty five. Um, I love it. The bottles are something that you don't really see too much in uh, in beer these days. Yeah, it gives me a red stripe. Uh, uh, yeah, red stripe. Red stripe vibes, living vibes. Which is what Tiff said immediately, and I, obviously that's a a perfect like you know relevance to to what this is all about. Um, I love that you guys did a dry hop sour for it as well, um, which I think it's our first dry hop. We've had a fruited sour, but this is the first like dry hopped, you know, straight up and down sour, which uh, I love. Um, the the bottles would like um, it, this, this is a small batch actually. That's what I want to touch on. The small batch actually produced out of your new physical brewery, which we haven't actually touched on on the pod since you've had that. Um, is this something that you would typically do the smaller stuff? Do you can the smaller stuff at the brewery, or do you do like bottles for those type of uh, drops? Uh, we do both. Um, we we just actually got a new like canning canning line machine at the at the brewery actually, uh, but uh, but yeah we so we do both both on site depending on what we what what we have kind of going on. Sick. Um, I love that. It's, it's super cool. I'm going to wait till Tiff comes back to, to sip the beer. But the let's talk about the artwork in the meantime. So, like you said, you know, typically Lushcraft is known for really, um, like, really attractive, simple, you know, bolder one to two different colors um, on the label. So this is like a full. This reminds me. It's got like the teal, pink, uh, like light purple, and like a violet. And uh, and a bit of black in there too, and it's really giving me like '80s tracksuit vibes. Yeah, I love that. That's so which true. I love. I'm here for that. Um, what's the What's the thinking behind this particular label? Um, did, was there anything? And it doesn't have to be something, but just curious. Was if there was anything that you know you guys were looking to sort of achieve with the artwork? No, I mean. I mean, I think like I mean, it's summertime, dry up sours, so, like trying to be vibrant. I think is definitely like a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like it's the same kind of concept, link up like like that cultural mosaic diversity. I just really felt like a, a like a nice pastel bright multicolored kind of uh, can really made a lot of sense or or a label I should say. Yeah, yeah. No. And I like just like that it's different. So I'm sorry, is this happening across across Lost Craft on the board? There's like newer designs and colorful designs. Yeah, like more generally, uh, like as like we've we've kind of kept it nice. consistent for a long for a long time. Yeah, uh, in terms of like what our des- like our our kind What's of your signature has been. Yeah, yeah. So this the, this year is the first year that we're really trying to you know changing it up a bit. Um, still keeping the kind of the core consistent, but uh, mm-hmm. but definitely making it uh, making each can a little bit more unique, for sure. I like that. Yeah. So now you've got a bit more of an opportunity to um, experiment, I guess. Now you've got the physical space. You can do the smaller, you know, something um, a little more, like, what's the word? Like maybe less planned out. You could just like, I imagine you've got the capacity now to just be like, yo, let's just do this. And you can just move on it really quickly and, and knock something out, which is super cool. So it allows you to sort of experiment, I guess, with the, the art side too, which is a cool little bonus. Um. Yeah, you yeah, can't. You can there now. Yes, we're just saying. Okay. Uh, yep. Sorry, yep. I went to go take a video yes, okay. to take photos. Um, awesome. The hops in this beer, by the way, do you happen to know off the top of your head? I was looking for that right now. I was actually at Messinger Brewer. I don't have it in front of me. Mm-mm. No problem, bro. Um, I love it. Yeah, this is great. It's super light. It's four point eight. Um, like everything as you described it. That kind of like honeydew melon, 
like green apple, like really light and refreshing, tons of flavor still. Mm-hmm. Mm. Great, buddy. Yeah, man, this is fantastic. This is a nice, fun, uh, it's perfect for this type of weather as well. Obviously, we came with that time of year. It's, uh, it's money. Yeah, man, this is dope. So, first question we always start off with is what, you know, why did you get involved with Link Up? I imagine there was some peer pressure from our personal relationship, but that aside, um, you know, what, what about this made this feel like it was a good fit for Lost Craft? I mean, it's like right in line with, you know, everything that we've been doing essentially, um, kind of from day one, uh, like kind of the ethos of, of our, you know, of our company really is to try to expand the, the, the tent, get more people into craft beer, make sure that it's inclusive for everyone, um, whether it be just in terms of marketing and in how we market ourselves, how we present ourselves, the beer styles that we choose, it, it's kind of the entire ethos of what we do. Um, so when, you know, when, when you guys kind of uh we're you know when you guys were letting me know about about the project i was like this is perfect it makes total sense for us to get involved in whatever way we uh, we can i love it we were talking earlier obviously there's not many um by poc owned breweries like actual owners in ontario mm-hmm. if i'm not mistaken you must have been like one of if not the first sorry that's so insane it's when you started Obviously, right now, it's changed yeah. a lot. Yeah. Well, a lot is probably exaggerating, mm-hmm. but it's changed a bit because I can think of a few others off the top of my head Yeah. that have um, uh, by POC owners. But in 2015, when you started, I mean, I imagine you were like the owner. Yeah. Like, I, I know that, that it got a little bit of criticism when, you know, with Blog2Yo referencing like the only or the first, I forget exactly the, the, the phrase that was used. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly like now for sure there's definitely you know definitely a lot more um, whether the only the first like one of the only certainly um, it was extremely uncommon when we started as a, you know as a contract brewer now we have all, we have all kinds of partners and we've had a like a team some of them have been with us for you know since close to the beginning so the business is a lot different now than it was before Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like certainly it was a rare, it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a common, it, it certainly wasn't commonplace in the industry, nor is it, you know, nor is it today. Yeah. And yeah. why do you think that is actually, because your perspective I think is a bit different and more interesting than, it's not more interesting than, but you know, we're mostly meeting white guys who are like, yeah, we recognize that there's a problem, but you're actually the one who is having break broken through. So why do you think that there is such a small amount of people of color in the brewing industry, especially at the ownership level. Um, I think that's, you know, a complicated question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like, I don't think that there's an easy answer. Um, you know, I think certainly, you know, I, I come, you know, my, my parents, I'm a, fir- I'm, I was born in Canada. Uh, my parents are, were, were immigrants when they came here. Certainly, like you know, doing working in the beer industry was not it was not one of the was one of their top choices, you know, <laughs> the, the aspirational goals. Um, so, uh, so and I I would assume not to generalize that that's fairly common with uh, a lot of um, you know visible minorities more generally. Um, you know, also I, you know, and this like I think I, I think it's not necessarily just beer. I think entrepreneurship, 
is, is is in general it's something that you know even in like I'm you know from the Sri Lankan community um, like I know like you know it's it's not a common you know it's not it's not all that common you know that you know that people go out and start their own businesses in any industry not just mm-hmm. beer um, I think in beer specifically I think that again for 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 a long time um, if you look at how how it could be it's more it's more broad than just craft beer i think it's just beer in general like i think that there was just an you know perhaps an unconscious bias that didn't that that didn't target or involve or include a lot of different people um so i think that that you know that effect overall probably led you know in part to to what you know what how, i guess how there there is you know certainly a lack of diversity within beverage alcohol period, not just, you know, necessarily beer. Wow. Yeah. Honestly, dude, that's the first time I've heard anyone say that. I, I think that is absolutely a factor. Because mm. it's always about really trying to get to the bottom. In order to solve this problem, you want to find out what's causing it in the first place. Yeah. And what you just identified is, like, I don't know, that resonates a lot. Yeah, it's very interesting. I think the entrepreneurship Part of it is very key, um, especially like also first gen Canadian too. And it's like mainly the parents were like, "Listen, go be a doctor or a lawyer because we came here and we struggled, and you're gonna go out and do something and make money for it. <laughs> like make money and do something worthwhile." So that's 100 percent correct. I only think actually in the last few years, at least I can say from the Black community side, a lot of entrepreneurs, Black women are the number are in in the U.S. at least are the fastest are the largest body starting businesses and also just the fastest growing but that's because also during the George post George Floyd BLM era a lot of businesses kind of like catapulted and came into light so things started moving faster because everyone started wanting to support them mm-hmm. but I think that's super interesting that it's starting from like a level of just like first gen so maybe that'll change with like say your kids and you know I was just from that yeah. so that's probably something that will change um, and then, of course, the marketing. That's something that we know 100%. Like, it's, it wasn't marketed to people like us, so it just wasn't on our radar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that's kind of, that's why LinkUp also existed, was that we wanted to, we know that more owners trickles down to more drinkers in the end. So it diversifies the industry from the inside. We're basically trying to infiltrate from the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, even as an owner and as you're navigating the scene, do you think that your color at all impacts like how you move within the craft beer industry? Have you faced any microaggressions or is it something that people are not even paying attention to? Like, how is, how is that? Cause you're playing in a very white field. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm certainly not like in that, I'm not in that like, constant rage category when it comes to this kind of stuff like i i I don't think that i don't think that uh that uh i think that there are certainly and we've talked about them on this podcast like certainly you know when i started for sure there was a lot of um and i i don't want to call this racism though i think it's just you know bias in general Uh, you know a lot of people saying that you know why are you in beer you don't brew the beer you know etc etc or or just having that mentality Mm -hmm. um you know you know now i think you know our business and our company and and kind of how we've consistently operated um you know from the beginning uh, i i don't think that that's a 
that's us. Like, I don't think that people are not doing business with us because of that. Um, because of, because I'm a person of color. I think that certainly, um, you know, in the past, I think that there, there's been small experiences here, here or there. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think for the most part, you know, I think that, you know, my lived experience just helps, you know, me navigate or, you know, helps our business and helps our partners navigate, uh, like a new reality. It's not like, you know, the, the market and, and the people, you know, the people of Toronto, the people of Ontario, the people of Canada are not, you know, it's, it's a diverse group Mm -hmm. and being able to relate and attract, you know, you know, a a bigger pool of people, whether that's be, be staff, um, or kind of however you market your products, I think that's an advantage to us. So I don't look at it Mm -hmm. at all as a disadvantage. And, and, you know, if anything, like, like anyone, when, when you get naysayers, you get that chip on your shoulder and you just want to, you know, work harder than the next, you know, the next person. I think that mentality was instilled, you know, instilled in me from my parents in terms of that work hard mentality. And, and that's kind of, you know, all you can do is you can't control everybody, but you can kind of keep your message consistent and, and just try to prove people wrong. Hmm. That's boss right there, bro. I love that. Um, like that's beautiful. I wanted to sort of the last question, and this is a ma- like a massive thing, so you don't really even I don't expect you to have the answer. But the generate, sorry, the generational, um, you know, the the immigrants coming through and wanting, you know, their children, the first gens, to do certain things. Do you have any ideas off the top of your head on how we we being that there's uh, we had a meeting with the CCBA uh, yesterday and they were calling people that do what LinkUp does like change agents. So people who are proactively trying to you know improve things like DEI in the craft beer space in order to grow the industry and grow the you know just make it more reflective of the outside world as opposed to this microcosm. Is there a way that breweries and change agents or whoever else could assist in, uh, you know, encouraging people who may have been brought up with that bias against entrepreneurialism or beer or whatever it may be? Or, or, or is that like sort of uh, it just needs to, to grow out with, you know, the, the first gen kids like, like you two um, that need to sort of be the ones who break the mold and then you are now the role models for the next generation? Yeah, I mean, I think certainly, um, certainly, I think it's you know within within any industry, it's it's um, it's important that um, that leaders and 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 people within the cult, within that culture are promoting those ideals. Um, I think I think the 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 challenge that I see is just, and this is just, and this is like a more broad social you know kind of issue in general. Mm. It's like creating safe you know, safe spaces for dialogue, right? I think that, you know, as you guys know, you guys are infinitely more savvy at social than, than I am. Um, you know, there's certainly like a, you know, a scare, you know, people are scared sometimes to, you know, say what they think uh, without getting like, you know, chastised for, for whatever reason. Um, and and it, it works on both sides. Like it can work on like, you know, why, you know, other people don't want to, like why, people of color like like myself or anyone else could want to get into the industry and having an open kind of, you know, discussion about it. I think that, I, you know, I think that the broader question, you know, I think is do with, if you want to talk beer specifically, I think the broader question is like, do, 
are more and more people wanting to get into the beer industry. From what I see, the answer to that is no, just right. more broadly. It's not about necessarily, um, pe- you know, people of color necessarily or, or you know, other minorities. Um, I think that that certainly there's just a broader industry, you know, trend. I'm sure, you know, the, the seltzer craze, whatever else it is, mm-hmm. um, that's really, um, you know, picked up, I think. So, uh, but, but, w- but regardless, I think within, you know, within, within that, um, within that, that, that's, that spectrum, I still think that, that you know, every, there, there's, there's certainly an opportunity and there's certainly still, a massive opportunity and that's probably what I'm you know the most focused on is I still believe that you know there it, there just still isn't the the adoption like what I thought my my biggest disappointment kind of when I started in 2015 to today is is how the industry hasn't grown like it really it, it's it's just flatline from what it was before and and I get the whole macro trend about you know about um, you know beer as an entire category is slowing down more health conscious decisions, et cetera, et cetera. But that's still the, the question really has to be, why is craft beer still such a small chunk of the overall beer market? How come it hasn't continued to get share, you know, against macro, you know, against macro, you know, companies. And I think that that, that there has to be, you know, self-reflection amongst all breweries, not, you know, necessarily breweries like, 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 you know, BIPOC breweries or whatever you want to call it. Um, hey, Rocky. Hey. <laughs> He's like, oh, we potted? Are we potted? <laughs> He's out here. Ain't nobody get, get upset with your dog. No, and never. Never. Yeah, It'd be nice if he could like, sit beside you. No, please don't apologize. Hey, if he wants to let, if he has anything to say. I was like, don't you, you should get a little chair. I was like, can you like, hang out and sit beside or something? <laughs> I know. I know. Okay, bud. Go. Go inside. One second. <laughs> It's going to be us soon. I know. I can't wait. Oh, I, can't. I cannot wait to get Our a damn dog. It's going to be yeah. all up in the yeah, podcast. Exactly. It's in right here. Come uh, <laughs> The whole time. Um, but Sorry about that. No, no, I, bro, no what you're saying was really Sorry. good. Yeah. Um, I finished. I, you were talking about. Um, lost my train of thought. You were saying, okay. yeah, that the crappy industry is not growing and it's yes. not taking a larger part oh, of the macro yeah, perspective. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 So, so, so what, yeah, I guess, so again, so I guess my, you know, my, like my overall, my overall question or my overall challenge to the entire industry is like, why is that the case? Why is that, why is that, um, the broader industry is not getting more and more people away from traditional, you know, non-localized products. Mm. Um, what is, what is inhibiting that growth from, you know, continuing? And I think it's that insular, you know, that insular approach, the, you know the the beer snob mentality. I mean, there's a whole bunch of reasons why I think you mm. can you can you can kind of guesstimate. Obviously, there's no real science behind it, but I think you know that's that's the question that I think we all need to solve, and that'll just benefit everyone. It's not just about us. It's about the entire industry thriving and you know developing, um, you know, and really helping our industry um, grow at, mm. at, in a way that you know is more sustainable. Mm. I think. Um on what you're saying there. One facet of that I think would be glaringly obvious and it would be interesting if there could be some form of, maybe we could try to fund something like this, like some form of survey. But I think something that's glaringly obvious is that 
the craft beer industry has continuously marketed to the same type of person for an extended period of time. I think it would be more shocking if it grew doing the same thing that it's always done. Like the only thing that makes sense is, it, is for it to stay the same because they haven't really brought in a full, there's a full chunk of the market. If you want to think about, about like the black US market on its own. All right, all right. <laughs> Also, your ringtone's hilarious. That's a gangster ringtone, bro. Don't know what. Um, don't know what would like. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you think about, like, say, the black, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I have all the numbers. I just know generally the we're exposed to the U.S. numbers, so I know that the 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 black individuals in the U.S. have an eight trillion dollar buying power. So that is already like, and then they are ignored. And, but who welcomes them and who thinks about them? Appleton, whatever. Like even when you think about the other beverages, they're all in it. And then you think about the craft, if you think about the beer industry in general, the Coronas and all these people are all marketing to them. So it's not really surprising that if we have kind of, and of course there's always going to be one new white person, a white guy with a beard that gets into craft beer. But if you're talking about the larger demo, you're missing a full demographic of people who could be introduced to craft beer because the community is so insular and because it's just you're marketing to the same people. You put you drop the beer, you put it out on Instagram, the same people buy it. May I think they even stop lining up for it, so that's like a whole other thing. Do you know what I mean it's the same cycle? It's that that's the reason that's you're missing out. Like if we were only promoting to the same people every, every single time, our business wouldn't have grown or anything like that. It's just it just makes sense. So that's what's missing is that large and I think you have found a lot of success because all my friends who were like black girls wanted to drink Lost Craft because you were marketing to them and you felt there was some there was the way that you presented yourself and the way that your imagery was and the way that your language was was very inclusive and made those people interested. But there's only say you and maybe a few other people. There's not a thousand of you. You know, only one percent of the entire brewing industry is actually a person of color in the United States again. So like, and then obviously far less here. So there's no reason for it to technically grow if it's marketing to the same people. Like it's just like won't grow. This mm. is the reason why like, again, why LinkUp is existing to try to address that issue, but there needs to be a lot more on the brewery side as well. And I think that does involve self-reflection, but also involves actionable steps. So like, what do we do? Like, how do we, does everyone need a marketer that needs to come in and teach you like how to actually market to different demographics? Is that just hire, opening up your hiring practices to make sure that you have more people? But obviously, actionable steps need to happen. Like, it won't grow. I can't imagine why this industry would grow looking at the same people unless they try to target somebody. Yeah, I mean, I'm not advocating, like, you know, Toronto slang consultants. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, to, 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 to drop, to it drop might help. it might help. <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> it actually might help. <laughs> jokingly, uh, it actually might help. Um, no, I mean, look, I think I still. At the end of the day, I think that um, I think it's it's a two, it's it's a multi pronged approach. Mm -hmm. I think in general, but certainly there has to be. I mean, on the marketing side, there's an element of attracting you know a more broad audience um you know i and i think on the product side it's the same thing as you mentioned it's like you're probably not going to get a you know take craft beer from five you know from 10 to 15 or whatever the number is by just launching 14 ipas every you know every other week mm -hmm. so 
there's there's a mix of that, right? It's like provide you know attractive products to you know make make products that are that that are accessible to you know to more people, um, and uh, and then also ensure that that message is coming across. You know, like I think for the uh, at least again, I'm not sure I can't speak to everyone, but I know like for example, like we've been you're one of the only craft beer companies that I'm aware of that's ever been involved in Carabana in terms of like floats and like other things like that, that are, they're not, and it's not that we do that because, uh, because, and, I, and this is kind of my stress is like those decisions are not made because they're diverse or because to, in, with an intention of just attracting that, like a certain demographic, it's done because it's reflective of our community. It's reflective of our culture. It's reflective of, who we are as a business and it's just reflective of um who like you know our you know our ethos so you know those kinds of you know those kinds of things all together can really be powerful in terms of you know bringing you know bringing more people out and that's that's really the name of the game mm-hmm. i love that i want to touch on something that uh, tiff mentioned earlier so you know when you guys came out in 2015 uh you know we we connected very quickly and um you know, people associated BOS with Lost Craft uh, very early on, and the what we had was all of our friends who weren't craft beer drinkers sending us photos. Like Tiff said, her friends, black girls, a girl from you know Middle East and, and, and European. My Jamaican dad. Jamaican dad. He's like, um, hey, I bought that beer. Bought your friend's beer. Do you know what I mean? But it's <laughs> he only drinks Heineken. Like his whole thing is Heineken and Guinness. That has been the two tracks for his entire life. But it's like it felt there's something about it that felt and you can continue on just felt like very inclusive something you wanted to be a part of though but it felt like it was speaking to you in a different way which yeah I think was key. So all it is is what what did you do? And this is more of a like I think these podcasts are very valuable for other breweries to watch and listen to see what other breweries are, are having challenges at, but also uh, you know taking dubs at. Yeah. Um, for you, did, could you put it into words what you did? back then and that have continued to do, uh, whether it was the marketing, whether it was the spaces that you decided to sponsor or hold events, uh, which is something that Crowns and Hops in LA, um, our other good friends are doing, Black Owned Brewery, they're doing, uh, that's how they got their start as well, mm-hmm. by holding events in cultural spaces that, you know, like barbershops, sneaker stores, all those type of things that were targeting a demographic that would typically be ignored. So. Could you pinpoint some of the things that worked for Lost Craft that you guys did that were that allowed you to capture markets similar to Tiffany's dad and, and her friends that she grew up with and such? That's a great question. I mean, I don't, I, I, I just wouldn't put it on one specific thing. I think, I think, you know, it's not an, like, you know, to, to, to really to attract new people that never would drink craft beer is extremely challenging. If that was an easy, if that was an easy answer, there'd be a lot of bajillionaires out there. Like, you know, <laughs> you know so it's, it's really not. And I think it, it, it's, like I said, it's, it's multi, it's multi-pronged. It has to, it has to, there's a lot of factors that go into, I think, you know, it is very challenging to convince a Heineken, a lifelong Heineken drinker to, to switch. It is, you know, that's, that's, that's the reality. Um, so, you know, from, uh, I wish it was easy. I wish it was like, Oh, just sponsor this and everyone will buy your stuff. Like, no, it mm-hmm. doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Right. Um, but, but I think that certainly we could always be, you know, we ourselves need to be doing a better job at it. And I think a lot of people could do a better job at, 
at outreach and bringing, you know, more, you know, more, more people, you know, into the, into, into the fold. Yeah. I think what you said though, like say for example, Caravana, it is something to be said and this kind of goes to, you were saying it's not because we were like intentionally being like, oh, we need to be diverse and go do these diverse things. It's literally because you're interested. And that would be the benefit then of having owners and having people who work at a brewery or work within a company in general who are diverse because they're going to bring up those opportunities, which in the end, it's like if you, if anyone, if you weren't the owner, but you did have your people manager, your HR person, and she was like, yo, we should do Carabana, it's lit, like it's a great party, there's tons of people there, we should do it, that would benefit. So it's like being diverse, having diversity in the workforce brings up, just like it can affect the beer and make the beer more interesting because people might bring their culture into the beer, it also impacts where you might show up and how and your cultural relevance in general. Because yeah, Carabana, you just would have always known it. So it's kind of natural to you, but it's not natural to everybody else. So I feel like that's another argument for why it's beneficial diverse to have ownership. the diverse diverse ownership, but also diversity in the workforce. Because um, then again, if I owned a group, just so even people suggesting it, yeah, like you, it's just in the end, if you are with a bunch of people and everybody looks the same and is the same, it's very rare that they're going to start bringing up, you know, like even this thing is like maybe they wouldn't even bring up the Greek festival. It's like if you just had culture in there, then people start bringing different ideas to you. Um, and if it makes sense, you, you jump in, you know, I feel like mostly people think about like the main ones that get marketed, like they probably think about pride, something like pride, women's history month, like some key things, but they might not be thinking about all of these small, really more high touch cultural moments that could be happening too. Um, which again, would come from. No, certainly. Stuff. Cer- no, and certainly like, and it's, 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 it's an ongoing thing. You know, when we talk to, you know, are like on the marketing side and we're going through things like there are so many like days, festivals, um, you know, national, it's not even diverse, like, you know, national margarita day. Like some, like, <laughs> how many days can there be? Like, there's literally like, like four you know, days to, a day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, to stay exactly. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes it, it, it's certainly, and this is what I mean. You know, I like, I'm, I'm certainly of the opinion that, you know, um, for certain things, certainly, like you have to be as as a company, you know, you have to, you know, you have to stand for certain things, and I think sometimes it's very important to, you know, post about something or 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 whatnot for sure. I think that when people don't post about certain things, I don't think that that should be taken as a as a you know as um inferring that they don't care. I think a lot of the times people don't know, um, you know, but. But, you know, because, you know, this is like something that I've seen kind of on, you know, various social issues, too, is like, you know, we, it's, it's not at all that, that I think any, and this is where I get, I think people get scared about inclusivity and trying to, it becomes this like, you know, constant apologizing type nervous, you know, situation where just people don't know. And I think that's why you just have to, you know, I think education and, 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 um, and kind of coming at it from a, from a constructive place instead of a blame place mm-hmm. to me is the most important thing. I mean, it, cause that's going to get people on your side and that's going to, frankly, you know, going back to, you know, you know, your my, you know, my, my wife, my, my partner has told me a lot about, a lot about patience with children now and stuff like that. And, <laughs> and certainly a lot of the time, you know, you have to, I think one thing that's, that's quite, 
it's quite telling that, that she said is that, you know, you have to, you have to kind of think about what's your objective, right? Mm-hmm. Like what is the objective uh, behind what, you know, what you're doing and does that end up getting you what you want? So if your objective is, you know, let's get more breweries, more aware of these issues and, and really trying to bring more employees into those businesses and more people into those businesses. The question is like, what should you do to get those breweries to do that thing? In my opinion, it's like you need to educate in a positive and constructive way mm-hmm. and not a way that makes people scared because then they're just going to go into their bubble, right? Yeah. Then they're just going to, they're going to pull back further, not want to engage. And when they do engage, it's going to be, you know, really on the defensive and not really in a way that's making them really want to move that ball forward in any way. And, but again, it's to everyone's benefit to do that. I don't think it's just in the brewer's benefit to do that. It's in, it's if you get more customers and you get more qualified people wanting to work at your business, that benefits you. Um, but, you know, there's a method to getting there. I think that that's like the, that's like the key question in terms of like how, you know, how we make that safe environment that people are, are comfortable in asking those questions and, and, you know, making changes in the right direction. Hmm. So I guess every brewery, like the, what I'm getting from all this is not really like a, a clear cut answer. And so every brewery has to maybe do some soul searching. And like you said, what's your objective? What, what do you want? Do you want to attract a more diverse crowd of drinkers? Do you want to attract a more diverse workforce? Uh, which would, I would imagine, our theory here is that it, it feeds itself. And if you get change the workforce first, it'll um, bring in new drinkers. Or if you bring in new drinkers, people will learn about more beer and mm-hmm. then the industry, and they might want to get involved. So it's kind of this circular thing. It's, um, it's just, it's the number one challenge. I think that people always bring to us and just be like, you know, how, where do I start? What do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the answers that you've given here to reiterate, I guess, you know, you, you grew up in it. So it was kind of second nature to you. I think part of it was your marketing that we've talked about before, as far as the, you know, at the time you came to, to, for breweries, you don't really have the context at the time you, came out you were one of the only breweries with this sleek white and gold can that just looked sexy as fuck and every other can for the most part were very colorful and cartoony and tractors and lumberjacks and all this stuff so you came out with this attractive can that looked great in the hands of guys and girls at a club um you know in a place where maybe beer would they would have a heineken or something like that but it looked great. And that's when people would go to house parties and they would send us photos like, yo, everyone here is drinking Lost Craft. Mm-hmm. And I think there was something in that as well. So it's almost like thinking of the way you present your brand. Is your brand, oh, if you have cartoons on your beer labels, are they all like white men or something? Like, as you can imagine, any someone of any other culture aside from being white men probably wouldn't be super interested in what you're doing. So like, well, this isn't for me. It's a white yeah. dude on the camera, that's not who I am. And you know, Things like that. Tiff and I always talk about social media, like something you guys had as well. A lot from the beginning was a diverse social feed, um, yeah. having different people from different cultures, you know, involved in in the photos as well. Small things like the models and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's like yeah, a lot of things. I guess I'm you know. It is multi pronged. It's like inclusive marketing. It's um, hiring diverse teams, and again, it's going to be more in your nature. It's just what it is to hire diverse people. That's just how it's how it happens a lot of the time but like inclusive marketing hiring diverse workforce um it's inclusive (coughs) marketing online and offline 
because like the events is the offline thing and the online is like the social side of things you could say um but like yeah i think what you mentioned about breweries being afraid to kind of talk is very interesting too or to try to open up because they're afraid that they could say the wrong thing because it's so easy to get canceled. You get canceled for like anything in three seconds. It's so insane. Or you don't post about a certain cause and all of a sudden it means that you're like a bigot because you didn't do it. Can you get it? Just yeah. Sorry. So I, I think you bring up a good point yeah. in that and that's why we need to make sure that and that's not our approach. Our approach is not to be like, you're not doing this. It's just kind of like, how can you do this? You know, like how can you oh, do no, it? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Way? Well, and I know you're not saying oh, yeah. that to us directly, but yeah. I can see the anxiety. There is a lot of anxiety, and it is uncomfortable for people. So it's like we have to extend grace to everybody. And our job is to – we're learning as well, you know. So our job is to educate and then pass on the knowledge that we have to hopefully empower people on both sides. Empower people to want to work at breweries and feel confident that you don't have to be a brewer. You don't need to have technical knowledge to work at breweries because these are companies – there's yeah. other roles that you can have. And then also empower brewers to like attract diverse candidates. So I think what you said is super, super interesting. Um, we're at 40 sorry, minutes now. Sorry, one sec, I'm just gonna. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Sorry, I just wanna grab a, a charger, one second. Yeah, okay. good. Um, I think we should find out about uh, his other initiatives. Other initiatives, yes. Um, the beer is fantastic. Yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah, awesome. um, definitely swing by the brewery, guys. It's in the junction area of Toronto, the High Park and Lust Craft Brewery. Um, it's definitely a really cool space. I was going to actually ask about the space itself and if you've seen any diversity coming in from that. Awesome. Is it something else curious, so maybe we'll, uh, we'll wrap up on, on those two questions. But yeah, this is available directly there. I'm not sure if it's getting any distro. Um, I'm not sure if uh, Lust Craft hits up the... Um, like the independent stores and such. Um, yeah, but this is cool. It's like, it's like such a, an attractive bottle but also and label, but also just like it's a different uh, drink. That's something that people commented on the most was the, uh, the bottle. People love the idea. It's of the lit. Bottle. Yeah. A um, couple final questions, bro. Um, unless you had any thoughts on what Tiff just said, you wanted to riff off that? I think I was just reiterating that. Yeah. Yeah, more, yeah, no, totally. more reiterating what you said because I think it's interesting. Okay. Um, and I just wanted that to sit with the listeners too. Yes, definitely. Um, you had what was your question? Do you want to do yours first? Uh, mine was just kind of to understand what else do you have going on? Is there anything else that you know you're proud of that you want to highlight that kind of follows through on this initiative or with your ethos as well? Because I know you've done things in the past. There's like diversity. You did like a mm-hmm. is it was it a grant or or some type of donation to help um, Scarborough mm-hmm. region? So I just would love to yeah just kind of hear anything else that you have going on that you're proud of or that you've done in the past that you're proud of. Yeah, I mean the the Love Scarborough campaign actually came, like I think that you're referencing was yeah. this was definitely something that I was super proud of, uh, very close to my heart because I'm from like I was born and raised in Scarborough. Um, so it was, it was certainly, um, if you guys don't know the concept behind it, uh, you know, Scarborough <laughs> represents, you know, 25% of, you know, Toronto's population, uh, but gets, you know, 1% of hospital donations. Um, so it's a big disparity and obviously it affects quality of healthcare, um, in the area. And given what's been going on for the last, I'm um, certainly like, you know, the last couple of years, uh, it's really exacerbated, you know, that, that, that issue. So 
when I heard about it, we uh, we instantly jumped on, you know, got in touch with the organization, and we, you know, we really partnered um, to get uh, do a you know a limited edition like Love Scarborough can for diversity, where um, portion of the proceeds were being are you know being donated to um, the Scarborough Health Network. Uh, and that, and then, and interestingly enough, um, you know, and the funny thing is, obviously, certainly now, our like the our physical, our physical brewery is no longer like it's not in Scarborough, um, which is you know, but but again, I you know, I believe you know, our our company really represents you know Toronto as a whole and and by virtue Canada. So you know, hold on one second, Rocky. No. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get used to that. I know. I know. <laughs> Um, sorry. So, so anyway, but I guess, you know, it, it actually is probably hitting on a lot of what, you know, Tiff had mentioned, um, you know, interestingly enough, um, and if you talk to people in, you know, the craft industry, they'll, you know, they'll certainly echo, like usually, you know, sales reps don't spend a lot of time in Scarborough. It's Scarborough is like just known as an area that doesn't sell craft beer. It does, it sells beer, just not craft beer. Um, so, you know, when we came out with that initiative, you know, the LCBO and the district manager in Scarborough were, I will say, like, amazing. Their response was super quick. As soon as they heard about it, they, they really, they really supported, you know, supported us. So we had, um, we had, you know, 15 kind of core stores in the Scarborough area that had, like, special displays, banners, stuff like that, that really promoted it. And the proof is in the pudding in terms of, you know, those, those, those stores really, uh, you know, supported the beer and the community supported the beer. Um, and again, th- that's an area that, you know, in the past was they, those stores were not typically, you know, big craft beer stores, but certainly now they know about craft beer, whether they know a lot lost craft or not, they know about other options, um, that they can go to their LCBO to take a look at. And I'm certain with diversity, cause it's like an easy drinking beer. Most people that may have a stigma around craft beer, you know, are probably going to say, Oh, this is actually, isn't that bad. It's not that hoppy. I can probably try this. Maybe I should try something else, et cetera, et cetera. So you know, again, so, so that kind of uh, initiative really, to me, hits like a lot of those things, and it's not really a targeting diverse. It's, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. When, when it's not a simple, it's not a simple thing. It the, the, you have to you have to really channel the right organization and the right, um, you know, in the right in the right framework. I'll say to get you know that you know desired result and again it doesn't always work (laughs) you know like it doesn't always sometimes it's going to work sometimes it's not going to but you know from you know from our from my perspective you always got to try and keep building and keep doing the right thing as you know from your perspective as as a business and Mm -hmm. you know whether it's you know scarborough stuff or um lgbt stuff we did with this uh, organization called transforming style uh, just recently uh, you know around pride there's a lot of different you know i think ways that you can really connect with your you know, community in a, you know, in a positive way. Um, you just gotta, you know, it's just gotta be part of your, you know, DNA, I think, to really get that desired result, which is new people into, you know, into, you know, into your beer or into anything that you do. Mm-hmm. I love it. That I was going to kind of like, and then I, I, yeah, go on, please. <clears throat> no. And I think I overheard you saying like, you know, in terms of, um, cause yeah, you know, obviously when we, when we, uh, you know, merge with High Park Brewery and, and really put our stamp on that space and, and kind of change it up. Um, not that it, it, it was definitely like it hadn't really, really opened. So it kind of was opening during COVID and then got closed, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but 
the, you know, the, because it's hard when you're a virtual, you know, it's very hard when you're a virtual uh, company or contractor like a Ross Craft to really know your customer. Like mm-hmm. KYC is like a main, very important thing. And it's hard to, to you can pay for that data. It's going to cost you a lot if you go through XYZ channel. But um, certainly um, one huge benefit that I'm like all about, I mean, all <laughs> data driven kind of stuff is like knowing your customer, like having that direct sales insight and seeing who buys your beer, who comes to your spot, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's the thing that I'm, you know, so stoked about. And I think High Park started that. Um, but in terms of when you, when you come to, if you come to our brewery and you come to the tap room and you see the audience, I, I strongly, firmly believe that you're going to see an audience that's, you won't see at many other, you know, breweries in Canada or Ontario, whatever the, you know, wherever you want to call it. We have the age range is massive. The visible diversity is massive. Um, it's, it's just, it's a unique, it's, it's parents, it's, you know, kids, the kids don't drink beer. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, it really is, you know, it's, it's, you have 20 year olds, you have, you know, young families, older families. Um, it's just, it's just a unique space. I think Mm -hmm. that, uh, that we've really, I think created something special there. You know, we, like my, again, going back to like this inclusive approach, you know, we're not, you know, I think that a lot of the time, you know, you know, there's a, there's this, there's this, um, there's this, uh, coolness factor thing and everyone's trying to be like super hip with it and, you know, using the right slang at the right time and dank and trill and this and that, you know, whatever the, you know, whatever's, whatever the hip kids are saying these days. Um, and, you know, and, and, you know, I think uh, for us, it's more keeping it consistent and keeping it accessible. And I think letting, like not being that, you know, you know, not like creating a comfortable space where, People come and constantly ask us, like, do you, do you guys have anything other than beer? What's, what's like a Coors Light? You know, those kind of things is, you know, we get that question, those questions all the time. Um, and we want, we want to keep hearing those questions because that means that people that haven't really been into craft beer are, in, are, are, are sitting in our space. Mm-hmm. And now is our opportunity to give them something that they like. And then hopefully they change. Yeah. I mean, that's ultimately like the, the, the thing that I, that I like seeing in terms of what's, what we're seeing at the breweries. Like we're really getting tons of new people in, um, tons of like, you know, event stuff with weddings and different things that are, I think are super unique that, um, that are really, I hope, building. We never got to do that before. It's like my you know, aspiration. We always wanted that space. I mean, that was like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, bri- it wasn't bricks and mortar because, you know, a certain segment of the, you know, beer community frowned on, cra- on contract brewers bricks and mortar was meant to be to really showcase your brand what are you about who are, you know how do your employees interact like what what is the feeling like does does the can on the lcbo you know does the can on the lcbo shelf match the experience mm-hmm. and you can't do that until you can build that experience um and i'm super you know super honored that i'm super happy that we got to that place super happy you know the team that we have is excellent um you know i always joke you know we're we have a weird space because we have caterings but not really a brew pub or a brewery it's it's just not like other places and you know i tell our our team all the time like you know they're not they're not servers we don't have servers at our company we have people that are brand ambassadors everyone that you know Mm -hmm. works you know in the business are there to make it a 
a great experience, great environment that makes people want to come back and, and hopefully makes people want to get more interested in trying unique beers and, um, and uh, you know, above all, it's just, you know, have fun. Love that. I love it. That answered all the questions. That's perfect, right? Yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait to go. Yeah. Next. Oh, uh, now I'm closer. We'll yeah. be closer. So we'll be able to. So, yeah. I look forward to, like, just seeing the whole vibe of it all. So, yeah. You went when it was open? Or no? Yeah, yeah. We went. Okay. We hung out uh, last month. Okay. It was great. With yeah. uh, Dan and... Okay, I'll Brad. be back. Yeah, I'll be there. Maz will come through. Yeah. But, dude, this is great. Um, honestly, bro, it's an honor to have you involved in Link Up. It's, a, it's such a perfect fit. This is something that we really want to do from the beginning of it all. So thank you again for getting involved and in, in putting out such so a dope good. beer. It's, the label is so sexy. The beer is killer. Yeah. Crushing it right now. Um, thank you again, bro. Um, let's get the thumbnail, and then we'll wrap everything up uh, here. Do you want to hold up the bottle? Or something, maybe Rocky. <laughs> Ready? Gorgeous. Um, we're gonna wrap up here and then um, stick around after. We'll, we'll wrap up off there. Where can everyone find Lost Craft online or in person? Uh, yeah, it's lostcraft.ca, um, and uh, you can find us at the LCBO beer store, grocery stores, um, and at your you know favorite bar or restaurant. And, and they can visit. At, oh, they can visit. What's the and address? Yeah, and they can visit. Yeah, it's at uh, 839 Runnymede Road. Love it. Awesome. So West End of Toronto. Uh, and also it's at Lost Craft Beer everywhere on social as well. Don't forget that. Make sure you follow. Right. Uh, thank you again, everybody. Thank you for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell okay. so you know when the new drops. Follow us everywhere at BAOS Podcast and... At LinkUpBeer, it's LinkUpBeer.org. If you are by POC and you would like to apply for the program to get a Cicerone um, scholarship or potentially other elements, anything else we can help with, we're looking at doing a uh, school, brewing school scholarship as well. So there's a bunch of uh, different things that we're trying to do right now. Um, shoot us a note. Everything is on the website. And um, we dropped the podcast we're going to take a bit of time off. This is uh, coming up for uh, July and back in August. But um, stay tuned. We're still going to a few, break. few more episodes. Have a bit of a summer break. We are moving, so you know, we've got to deal with that. Um, but uh, thank you again, bro. Appreciate you. We'll see you in the next one, guys. Bye. Cheers. Bye.